Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rahapa podcast, where every week we walk through everything that goes on in the 90 Day universe, specifically focusing on 90 Day Fiance, Happily Ever After, Season 7, Episode 8 today, which at this point, I got to ask myself, should I have just done 90 Day Fiance UK? Should I have just done 90 Day The Single Life Season 3 that's going on right now in Discovery Plus? Probably, because my God, my opinions and feelings stay going down when I didn't expect there to be more of a bottom. But here we are, folks. I am, of course, your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express. Please, Ambi Keeley, ready to break all of this nonsense down once more. And with me today, I've got an incredible guest. Last week, we had Asia on here as one half of the perfect match wrap up talking about um, Married at First Sight. This week, we've got Jason who not only co-hosts that podcast with Asia, but also does coverage for Cobra Kai and for She-Hulk over on Post Show Recaps. Jason Reed, how are you doing, my man? Oh, yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, thank you for inviting me into your podcast home. I, I have brought you uh, a little something just to, you know, show my appreciation. Uh, uh, it's a little tough to probably get in your doorway. Um <laughs> But, you know, I hope you appreciate <laughs> what, what I've brought you um, so, and, and to show you how, how thankful I am that I'm here. It sounds like you're bribing me is what it sounds like, to be well, honest. Well, hell, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Can I say something? May I say something? And then I won't tell you what I'm going to say. I'll just and then you'll come back next week to Cliff complete hanger. that yeah. sentence. Yeah. yeah. No, seriously, Jason, thank you so much for what I should really start restructuring and calling uh, 
the venting podcast where I invite someone on and we just vent our frustrations out about this show and then we call it a day. You said you said what I was thinking earlier when you, when you uh, introduced the podcast. You said, you know, I'm not, not sure if I should be watching this anymore. And that's that's the feeling I get when I watch most of these couples just like berate each other. I'm just like, what am I what am I doing with my life? What am I watching? Like, I like a certain level of mess, but this is just too, too much sometimes. And I, I just wonder, like, what what is happening? Like, why? When did the show turn into this? Right. That's the thing with me is typically with 90 day, you know, we've I've called it the hot mess express for a reason. There's good mess. There's drama. We can talk about it. But every season, there's always one, maybe two couples where their mess gets very uncomfortable. And it's like, okay, well, at least there's these other lighthearted couples we can talk about. But especially this episode, it just it's all uncomfortable. I'm sitting there cringing for an hour and a half. and. You know, I wish I was hyping it up for like dramatics to be like exaggerating. I genuinely felt this way. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to watch like grown men and and women just scream and berate each other. I mean, especially this episode and and last episode with Angela like physically assaulting Michael. It's like I I didn't come here for this. I come here for like some light drama, some cultural misunderstandings, some arguments, but not like full blown like abuse. <laughs> Yeah, where's the translator app mishaps? Where's the exactly. um I bought you a toothbrush as a gift? Like uh, where's that drama? Where's that nonsense? Because it's just getting too real here on Happily Ever After. And truthfully, this the name for this show, the question mark has never been more relevant than it is this season. Because who's happy? I don't think anyone is happy. Take off the question mark and add an end to that ever. Happily never after. Let's do that. You know what? You you are a genius, sir. This should be the also maybe we shouldn't give them this idea because they might just make a spinoff of that. Um, and then that would be a mess. So maybe we don't give that idea. Maybe we edit that in post. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Get that out of the podcast. We don't yeah. want, we don't give any ideas. Well, let, speaking of giving people ideas, let's just head over to our first couple here and see what ideas they have cooking. It's Kim and Usman, folks. And last we saw them, Usman had gone to visit his mom. To kind of get the prepping idea in of, hey, I'm bringing in Kim. I'm looking for some blessings. And mom said, I don't want none of that. I don't want this relationship. Uh, If you're looking for a wedding blessing, that's not going to happen. So now Kim has no idea about this because Jason Usman has decided, I don't want to tell her about my mom's thoughts because I want her to be optimistic. I want us to go in with good energy. And that wouldn't help it at all. Listen, he doesn't want a milkshake to the face today, so he's just going to let the mom break the news. Uh, you know, she asked him if he's nervous. He's like, no, I'm not nervous at all. He's not nervous because he already knows what's going to happen. He already knows the outcome of this. Yeah, and, th- and that's the situation where we find ourselves here is that not only is he leading her into this um, confrontation with zero information, but also she wants to buy them a present to kind of, you know, as a, as a sign of goodwill, as a sign of, I really respect you. And, and, you know, it's like a housewarming present kind of thing. Right. But it's not a conventional present. They go to the market and she has decided she wants to buy his mom a cow. I do feel like this was like, cause I feel like Kim Bali is for sure a fan of nine day fiance and saw the episodes with baby girl Lisa and Usman, and she knows that, because didn't baby girl Lisa buy his mom a goat? 
I think that that sounds familiar to me. Yeah, it's just like the other one bought a goat. I'm gonna buy a cow. I'm not sure what the hierarchy is and what the better present is, but uh, you know, I think maybe, I think Kimberly was like, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna step it up and maybe buy a whole cow. Well, that's I mean, the cow is bigger, right? Yeah. So there's more meat potentially if that's what they're looking for. Um, certainly, you know, I don't know if they're gonna keep the cow as a pet, especially when we when they deliver the cow later. There's clearly no like backyard area that I see. So I don't know where they're going to keep this cow. But so she decides she wants to buy a cow and they, you know, they look around and everything and they finally talk to the, the, um, the seller. Is that the correct term? Do you think? Seller, merchant, vendor, the cow broker. Perhaps. Yeah. So the cow broker is amazed. He, he literally says to the camera, like, this is the first time he's, you know, seen, a." a foreign person here buying something and they start negotiating and immediately the seller very clearly i think gives them a higher price than what they might have wanted and usman was very clear if you try and scam me we're just going to go to someone else they end up accepting a fee and they end up picking a cow so they are going to get the cow delivered tomorrow okay so that's where this first scene leaves us i like i liked uh kimberly when she was like $500 because he breaks it down for her. He's like, well, that's basically $500. I mean, she's like, $500? That's too much. Kimberly, like, you bought well, this man a PlayStation 5. Yeah. A freaking MacBook last time you hear And now you're complaining over the price of this cow? She said $500 is like my paycheck. Are you where? Uh, How are you buying a PS5 on this paycheck? Kimberly's got to be in like credit card debt with like a, a 500 credit cards. Like, she, she must be, have been putting it on all those credit cards. Yeah, because I tried to do the math, right? I was like, a paycheck, you know, bi-weekly, that's a thousand a month. That's nothing, right? right? Or or even if it's weekly, that's two grand. You bought him gifts that surpassed that. So well surpassed that. I mean, a PS5 at that time when she bought it was probably it cost her a good like 800 at least. At least, yeah. And and you know the resellers were throwing that out for a grand. So right. and then the MacBook's like what? May at least fifteen hundred as well, probably. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's and not, now she's yeah. complaining about the five hundred dollar cow. I mean, make it make sense. The whole cow. Anyway, so they and it's meeting time now. Okay, so it's the next day. They're going to go meet uh, his family. And, you know, they're right outside. Usman puts on the hijab for her. They get ready. They walk in together. She's hoping the cow will be a good gesture. Right. Um, And Usman does mention, you know, he runs off the list of who's going to be there. He's like his eldest sister is going to be there. His eldest brother, who you did meet with earlier in the season. Um, his immediate next older brother and his parents are going to be there. And he says that, you know, the siblings acceptance is going to help, but my mom's approval is over everything. If mom says no, it's not going to happen, which you already said no last week, but I guess it's not official yet. Listen, the mom is like the MVP, right? Cause like the look on her face, like as they walk in, she's like, no, nah, I'm not having this. Like we already went through this once. Like, I don't need to go through this again with this older, you know, white woman. Like what? Like, what are you doing, Usman? Like, like she doesn't under, she doesn't understand the desires of Usman to be a like celebrity. Yeah, she literally no sold this. If this was a wrestling match, she got she she didn't sell the choke slam. Like it just did not happen. Uh, you know, typically people will put on like a smiley, oh hello, nice to meet you. No, 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 no. She was not having anything with Kim coming in. But here's the problem, right? Because. Usman is clearly going in this with a strategy and instead of how he's going to market this, how he's going to sell the relationship to his family. And he opens up with, 
So she fell in love with me really fast. Okay, because I'm amazing. But then I told her because the last time, because of what happened with my previous, uh, you know, relationship that I wasn't ready or whatever. And then basically saying that then it was she showed that she was real, basically going down the timeline of she was potential. And now she is like the real deal. Yeah, he's like, she's such a good person. I mean, she only throws a drink in my face every now and then. I mean, that's that's progress. That's better than my previous wife. Yeah, she only kind of understood that I want a second wife, but then has all these rules that make don't make a lot of sense for me. And I don't like them. But look at me. I'm here. I'm here. I've accepted it. And I would like for you to do the same. And then what felt like an immediate roast began, Jason, where not one positive thing came out. Uh, I believe it was his brother that was, you know, sounding off on she's not your age. She's not from your country. She is like, you know, all just one by one by one mentioning stuff like this. And then who was it that said, I don't know why. I think it was the same brother. He was like, I don't know why Usman likes this type of woman. Which I was like, oof, you're, are you talking about like older women from America? Because I think that's what you're talking about. Oh yeah. That he, he's definitely questioning why Usman keeps bringing these older white ladies to their door to, uh, to, to sell them on, on marrying her when, when he knows, when they all know that the only thing they want out of Usman is some children to keep the legacy alive. Uh, and yeah, I think the one of them also says, like, you know, she's old enough to be your mom. Like, he's like, because they ask about the age difference. And Usman, you know, trying to sell, he goes, she's only 18 years older than me. Just 18. Yeah, they go, I mean, well, that's old enough to be your mom, right? <laughs> she's like, oh, oh, yeah, I guess so, technically. What was the age difference between Usman and baby girl Lisa? Because is that like how he's trying to uh, market it as well? This is a you know, the age difference is not as big here. That was 20 years. So it's two years less. Than yeah. <laughs> this is an improvement, guys. Why can't you guys, say that? Yeah, look, it's, it's less than last time. Yeah. So this isn't working whatsoever. We can tell the family can tell. I don't know if Kim can tell yet. But then what happens is in the midst of his mom telling him, you know, find a girl here while I'm still alive, please. There's a knock on the door and the door opens like, oh, yeah, we were delivering this bull. And then by the bull, baby. Exactly. Exactly. So then um, Usman's like, yeah, you know, she got a she got a bull for mommy. (laughs) And they're like, oh, so you're bribing us. You knew how this was going to go. And this is a bribe. And the word bribe was said in English. So Kim realized immediately what's being said and began saying, can I say something? Can I just say something about I don't appreciate it. Can I just say something about that? And I thought, all right, hide your drinks, hide your snacks, because she's going to throw something at somebody and it's going to get messy. But we may never know, Jason, because that happened in the middle of the episode. And then we just never came back to them. Yeah, I was upset that we never got uh, some resolution to that. They're going to make us wait till next episode. I do love that the family just called it, called them on the BS immediately. Like, oh, no, I see what you're doing here. You're trying to convince us you're by bribing us with farm animals. Um, and, uh, you know, I also love this. They are not having any of it. like the sister is like, may God, please take this woman away. Like they are sick and tired of Usman's crap because this is the second time he's done this to them. Show them showed them on national TV you know, embarrassing their family, I'm sure, bringing all this nonsense to their house. Right. It's just wild to me. I do not know who gave Usman the courage and the confidence that he could walk up to this house 
two days after his mom essentially said this will not happen to think that they're going to change her mind. And also Kim literally said nothing the entire time until this bribe stuff. So Kim wasn't going to change their mind because Kim wasn't saying anything. You are not even doing a great job here. This was never going to happen. So I, my question that I'm going to put out there, Jason is what is going on in his head? Because if he wanted it to work out, it wasn't going to work out. What did he want to achieve from this? I think that he wanted to achieve this right here. He wanted a TV moment. Usman is not looking to marry this lady. Flat out simple. Usman is getting what he wanted. He wants to be on TV. I'm surprised that he has succeeded by pretty much making the sequel to his season with Baby Girl Lisa. Because <laughs> this is all the same stuff that happened with Baby Girl Lisa. And this is just what he wants. He wants to be on TV. If this doesn't work, he'll try and find someone else to make it work. He was never planning on marrying Kimberly. Kimberly. Yeah. And and I think that's I think that's where we're headed with them. I don't think it's going to pan out. And I think we're going to see him on the single life next year. That's really yeah. how I think it's going to go down. When Uzma found out there was such a thing called the single life, he thanked high heavens that he can continue his TV, you know, enterprises. And because I'm sure that he is pitching himself to be on single life, you know, once this Kimberly thing runs it runs its course. One hundred percent. I mean, here's the here's the clear sign of that. In the next time on. We don't see the payoff for the Kim, the, the Kim interjection into the bribery talk. What we do see instead is Kim argue, I am not going to be your second wife, which I think then potentially there's a conversation that's brought up where Usman says, what if I marry someone here first and then I marry you? And I don't think she wants any part of that whatsoever. And then he then argues back, you know, if Kim breaks up with me, my DM is full of young, beautiful ladies. So who is losing? This man does not love this woman. No, never loved this woman at all. And he's and a couple times, even during this season, he's been ready to call it quits. She walks away and you can see the look on his face. Like, you know what? I got to finish out this season. And then he runs to go grab her. He, he does not have a care for this woman. Yeah. I, I think what we'll get next episode is Usman like compromising with his mom being like, listen, what if I marry some other lady that you approve for me? You know, she said she can get him married in like seven days. Like, what if I do that? And then I marry Kimberly. That may be a compromise his mom can live with. Like, I can give you children. I can marry someone in our, you know, region. And then all will be cool and forgiven. Like, I'll just have this lady on the side. You don't even have to worry about her. You won't ever see her again. And I guess that's my big question here is because Kim is so clearly caught up on the numbers, the numerical system, the numerical hierarchy of first wife versus second wife because she sees it first wife as primary second wife as secondary whereas i think they're all gonna be equal but yeah. i think that just the mention of you would get i would get married to you second is a no-go for him right yeah she's so sort of worried about the percentage of love given that and i think the the assumption is that the first wife no matter what order or no matter who it is the first wife will always get all the love and she looks at it in that very like I don't know, binary way, I, I want to say, like, if not realizing that love is not a percentage thing, like, it's just, it's not. No, it definitely isn't. I just, I've been saying this from the beginning of the season. I'll say it one more time. These two are never going to end up together. And at this point, it's become nothing but proof that that's not going to happen. At best, they end the season together and then they're just not together, really. Because I think what you pointed out, really should be highlighted here 
there have been a couple of times this season where they fought to a place that could have been no return. And then he's like kind of patched things up a little bit. But every time there's been a fight and she walks away, he said he utters something along the lines of, well, I've got women on my phone, so I'm fine. She's the one who needs me. I'm the prize. So if you have that kind of mentality, you never really cared anyway, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think his best case scenario is to keep this Kimberly thing rocking from far away. And then she comes visit every now and then they still end up on happily ever after, even though we have really like changed the parameters on how you can get on happily ever after. Like you don't have to be married anymore. You can just be dating now. If you can be happily ever after. It's true. It's true. They full on have made that happen. And here we go to the next couple where at the beginning of the pod, I mentioned that this episode maybe more than any of the other episodes has been rough. And you think, wait, aren't Elizabeth and Andre doing well? Haven't you talked about how at least they like each other and they're in love and they're happy. Their little family's working out and it's just the side family that's causing problems. Let's get into it. So Elizabeth and Andre, last we saw them, Andre had some issues with his application. He was asked to come in for an extended interview for the green card removal of conditions. Now, the speculation was that maybe someone said something to the USCIS about him. And it caused him to get flagged for extra processing or whatever. Now they're getting ready to go to this interview, Jason. It's both Elizabeth and Andre together. And in the car, they're having this conversation of, well, we need to make sure we have the right answers and, and that, you know, we have nothing to worry about because we're not lying, but we need to make sure we're on the same page with the questions. And Elizabeth says, what if they ask us how many times we have sex during the week? Listen, this, this, uh, this episode with these two took me on quite a ride. Because as they were going to the to the place, I was like, wow, these two have like really great chemistry. They're like laughing with each other. They're joking around all this good stuff. And then we get to the second part of their segments. But yeah, this this was fun, like talking about what what's going to be asked of them. How many times going to have sex? Little did we know that the question is going to trip them up is something that is pretty simple. Yeah, it's I would argue the fundamental thing that you should know about each other so you know they joke about you know how many times we have sex let's say two because sometimes it's five sometimes it's zero let's just say two that's an easy answer what's my favorite color purple this whatever yeah and then they get to the interview and he doesn't get approved but he doesn't get denied he gets left in limbo essentially and we find out one of the reasons is because they messed up on the questioning now, what question is a fundamental thing that you should both probably agree upon and know coming in? When did you and your husband meet? Apparently, uh, Elizabeth gave the wrong answer when they interviewed her and they questioned her. So Elizabeth kind of responded with, well, that's kind of subjective. It could be, you know, is it when we met on the phone or when we met in person? And I thought it's straightforward. When did when was the first time you met in any form? That's how you start the story. And then you expand on it. You're like, yeah. So first we met on Tinder. He messaged me in 2015. And I was like, ha ha ha. That's cute. And then we met in person in 2016 and so on. I don't understand how she could fumble the bag. Sorry, the visa at this stage. <laughs> It feels like this should be something like I feel like all the answers are written on a paper. Like you should have the paper memorized. You should have know all the answers to all the questions at this point that you have told the people in the immigration office. So you should already have the, the year written down. You should have it memorized. There shouldn't be any confusion of like, oh, wait, what do you mean when I met him on the phone or when I met him in person? And you're not wrong when you submit. I mean, we saw in the last episode the size of the file 
in front mm-hmm. of the lawyer. Like that file just accumulates and accumulates. When I went in for my interview for my, um, uh, uh, what's it called? A removal of conditions. When I first got about six, seven months after the application I had sent, the file that was in front of the person who was asking us questions was so thick. So like thousand pages worth because we sent everything, right? You have to send pictures of you two together. You have to send proof of you two meeting, uh, receipts, phone. We, we sent phone logs. We sent, you know, there's bank statements. There's, there's my passport. Everything is there. So you've already told them all the story. They're just re-asking to make sure you're a legitimate couple. And again, for most couples that are legitimate, this isn't going to be an issue, but it sounds like not only did she stumble, but then she tried, she felt like there was tension. So she awkwardly nervously tried to like giggle and like make a, not make a joke out of it, but you know, like play with humor a little bit. And yeah, like she, tried, banter. she tried to lighten the mood yes, uh, a little phrase. bit to like make it be like, Oh, it's just a silly little mistake. It's not a big deal. It's not like we're trying to defraud the government. Um, but I mean, basically it seems like what you're saying is like, you have a study guide basically in your hand. You have the same things that they do so that you should be if anything you should be studying your papers your documents to see what you have told them to make sure that everything matches up right because that's the thing is that they have all the information you've given and if your relationship is authentic you know your relationship you know what you've submitted so it's not even a situation where you would have to study it the day before or anything um but it's more so that they are going to obviously the in-room chemistry. They're going to see you to interact. They're going to like, they're going to, you know, they do, they do like hundreds, thousands of these applications per year. So they know what they're looking for. And a key question like this could be enough. And even if you're trying to play it off, that nervousness could just play into that. Oh, we don't know about that. That kind of puts a bit of a flag in the, in the play here, but also they have a daughter together. They've been together for a long time. So I think that that's the reason why they didn't get denied outright, because I think they know that, oh, no, no this couple is like authentic. Also, I feel like it helps that they're on the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's like literal there's literal footage of them being a couple. So so were they were they in the room together or were they separated? OK, so that's the thing that I don't know the full ins and outs of, because they are a step ahead of where I am. Mm-hmm. where i got my green card but then i have to go in it's like a temp it's like a, a temporary one because then they want to recheck after two years to make sure you're still in a relationship and everything and like everything's gone strong then they remove the conditions on the green card so i had the removal of the conditions on my visa given the green card and now it's the removal of the conditions for the green card so the way it worked for me is me and uh, liana were in the same room and they asked me a bunch of questions but we never got into they never like tried to like trip me up or anything um so yeah, that I was, was just, fine i was just wondering if like they were in the same room and she messed up the question and he started like berating her like he did in the car oh, i mean God. that would for sure like make them be like uh we're not approving anything here because this is not cool well very clearly he knew right he knew how she behaved like the yeah. whole playing it off thing so i think they were in the same room when that happened uh but also they could have been separated and then brought back together that's right. also po- that's also most likely probably what happened um, if anyone here has gone through the process to this level that they're in, let us know on Twitter at Puyism. I got you. Let me know. Let me, let's let's fact check this. OK, so yeah. Uh, and then in the car, like you alluded to, Jason, he was in on her. He's just so he's clearly what I've said before about Andre is that, you know, their relationship's real. They love each other. But Andre's temper when Andre's mad, he has no filter when he has no filter. 
he's yelling. When he's yelling, he's cussing. That means that the sensors are going wild every three seconds. He's dropping an F-bomb and they're censoring. So we're getting like every third word of what he's saying. Yeah, and it's like we've seen, I think we've more than more than that seen Andre more calmer more recently. So I think this is kind of like a shock to the system. Like, oh yeah, I forgot Andre can really get like this. Yeah, he used to be like this most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and usually it's just like really calm cussing because like he still cusses a lot. He, even when he was in the beginning of the episode talking like in front of his daughter, he's like casually cursing, dropping F-bombs. But I, I forgot that the, he can get this heated because we hadn't seen it in a while. And it was very uncomfy. And that's the thing is that he's clearly nervous, right? I mean, I would be in the same shoes if I have, you know, started making a living here. I've laid foundations. We have this house we just got together. We have a daughter. And all of a sudden, and I know I'm legitimate. I know you're legitimate. So for no reason, the way I'm looking at it, we're in question and we don't have this approval. What if we have to leave? Right. What if we have to leave? What if we I get deported? We have to go to another country. And it's part that part that he still blames. He still thinks that the her family tipped uscis off on whatever so she's saying stuff like you know uh i don't want us to leave i want us to be here i don't want ellie to not know any of our family here and he's like, like hey, well you really messed that up liam by telling them a stupid answer I, like i was like oh my yeah. god like, and he's like, like she's still here crying and he's like berating her making her feel even worse don't whimper don't whimper yeah. i was like sir this is your wife like you are going in when she has done nothing okay relax and then, you know, she's talking about how she Ellie won't get to see my family. He's a like, great. That's amazing. That's <laughs> no, actually I didn't the best blame, part of this. I didn't blame him for that. I was like, yeah, that's kind of true. That's kind of right. Uh, but it, the thing is, like, he's obviously, like, scared. So he's lashing out a little bit. And I was fully prepared to come into this episode being like, see, no problem. They were fine. But I was like, oh, like, this is actually might be a problem now that, they, you know, this this uh, hiccup has occurred. Because uh, I, I thought, you know, I thought it was kind of BS to be like, oh, yeah, we got called into the interview. Yeah, your family probably called. I was like, yeah, whatever. I, this is like some more kind of like shenanigans to like, give them content. But this really made it real for me. I was like, this is this is no joke. No, no joke at all. Like, he's clearly not happy. He's nervous. And I'm, I think when he's nervous, he yells when she's nervous. She she cries. Um, I've I think I've done a little bit of both. Um, in my time, more, more cry than yell, but it's, you know, the combination is not good. I think he's being a complete jackass in this car right now. And ultimately we'll have to wait and see what happens with them in the next time on. We actually don't see them. So who knows what's going to happen? They're going to leave us on hiatus for like a week at least. So we're not going to really know. I'll say this though. They're probably fine. I don't think oh, yeah. I think they would have been denied if they were going to get denied. I think the fact that they didn't get denied, they're going to be fine. And I'm not sure if you share this like spoiler or not. So in case anyone doesn't want a spoiler, skip ahead, skip, skip ahead. ahead. If, you, if you don't want to know, skip about like 30 seconds. But she did just give birth to like her second kid and seemingly they're still oh. in the U.S. Oh, there so we go. they're they're fine. They're going to be fine. Everything's fine. They're fine. Perfect. We can move on. But before we do, let's take a quick break because I need to cool off for a second <laughs> and then we'll get back and we'll talk about Bilal and Shaida. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Jason, that break was not enough for me to cool off. I'm going to need you to uh, to introduce us to Bilal and Shaida this week. Take it away, Jason. Oh, oh, I get the joy of yes, introducing the, honor. The, the, the honorable Bilal and, uh, and Shida. <laughs> so, you know, they're on the, we introduced introduce them to this episode. They're on the way to the doctor's appointment from the, you know, the last episode, we got another kind of cliffhanger like, oh, hey, I did your little egg test. But you're going to have to come in and you're going to have to wait a little bit till we get the results back. So they're going in, uh, they arrive, and, you know, we, we find out this is why they're, they're there. They're trying to find out how many eggs that she has. Uh, and Bilal, being Bilal, he's like, I, I kind of just think we're putting the cart before the horse here because like, we haven't had any evidence of any issues. I think everything's just fine. I don't even know why we're here trying to delay the inevitable even some more. Uh, Shida says she's nervous that, you know, they called her into the appointment and said this being a virtual appointment. That's never usually too good. Uh, so they meet with the the weird doctor. Like, I, like you and Asia didn't really cover a lot of this, like, last episode about the doctor. So, doctor's kind of sketchy. I don't know what it is about him. Yeah, he's got this, like, he looks like he's had a lot of plastic surgery done. I was like, this guy is kind of sketchy. He's got like his, his uh, shirt open. Like this, is this a real doctor? Or is this like a, a one of those fake doctors? But uh, so he does give them the news that uh, her ovarian reserve is low. It's at about 2.5%. Like when you're born, you have a million eggs. And at this point you're at like a 2.5%. I almost suspected below to be like, so what I hear you saying is, She's got like 25,000 left and we're really in no rush to, to get this done. Is that what you're saying? Like, you know, Bilal likes to hear what he likes to hear. Yeah. Oh, he loves just interpreting it to his own liking. Oh, so, you know, we should be fine then. You know, yeah. we'll be fine. He's and, got a bunch doctor, of eggs in there still. He couldn't be more clear. He literally mm-hmm. said, time is of the essence. He said, I would not wait more than six months to try and have a baby. And then he also tells us that, yeah, they probably need to make a def- definite decision for both of their sakes. And he said, I don't like giving parents, like giving a couple this kind of ultimatum, but it, they need to know because otherwise then, you know, she doesn't have like that much time to herself to like, you know, deal with Bilal coming to terms with having a child, which I think this is the beginning of the end. 
because first of all, this was the all the segment. That's all you get from Balan Shaida this week. The next time on, they're having dinner with um his mom. They I don't know what they asked Shada, but Shada's like, I don't know, maybe we have a family, inshallah. And Bilal responds, we have a family. So he still doesn't want the child, Jason. No, no, he is he is trying to avoid this like the plague. But here's the thing about Bilal. Bilal wanted his, you know, new wife. He wanted them to have like this like life of like no kids. He's wanted to lay low. He wanted to be cool. But then she started talking about being pregnant. And he's like, uh, I don't want kids. And he says all this stuff like, you know, oh, we'd barely know each other. How can we already have a kid? Like, you married this woman, sir. Like, why would you marry her if you didn't know her? So he's just trying to avoid this as much as possible. I love the look on his face while the doctor is talking. Mm-hmm. While the doctor is like, yeah, you need to get this done like ASAP. And Bilal's like, oh crap. And like Bilal is really one to like as his wife is crying or try or being emotional. She just stand there and not like console her or anything. It's so chilling. And yeah, Bilal, I am not a Bilal fan in any regard. I am not uh, one Chappelle uh, in that regard. No, yeah, we, we none of us are Chappelle. Chappelle is his own person with his own problematic takes. <laughs> um, I mean, here's what I will say. I've been saying this the last couple of weeks too. Uh, Neither of them want the same thing. They should mm-hmm. not be together. Like yeah. my heart breaks for for Shaida because again, Shaida wants a her own baby and is on this very very time restrained schedule. And Bilal doesn't want a child because he's gone through all this stuff. He's already got two kids, so he doesn't really want that. They're not right for each other, and that's really my bottom line: is they're not right for each other. And uh, curse UTLC for putting them back on my screen. So I have to. It feels like I've been repeating myself for like months because they went two seasons back to back and it's the yeah. same stuff every week. So run, Shayda, run. Seriously. Yeah, All right. Speaking of run, run, we got to talk about Big Ed and Liz next, who had oh, the Lord. most of this episode, Jason. It is a lot. Okay. So last time we saw them, they were at their engagement party. Everything looked to be good. And then one of uh, Liz's co-workers was there and they had a confrontation Liz uh, got her escorted out by security but Big Ed thought he saw a little bit more there Big Ed accused her of being in a relationship with this woman at some point Liz got very offended stormed out of the party left and then Ed was full gaslight mode on the phone with her she tossed her ring and then walked away so we're picking back up right where we left off with them where Liz gets offered a ride home from the producer. She takes it and Ed is already situated at home. So she gets back home and chaos ensues. Just the just one of the worst back and forths I think I may have ever seen in real life and on TV. Just the daggers that were thrown in each other's directions are like astounding. Yeah, I'm gonna, I wrote a bunch of it down. My notes ended up being big because I kept writing their quotes down. I almost, you know, part of me thought, let me just clip the entire four minutes and put it on the show. But then (laughs) I'm not doing my job, then, you know? So immediately Liz comes in and Big Ed says, Liz, you ought to go back with your grandma and grandpa. Um, And she's like, that's no, like, I'm fine. He keeps multiple times in the confrontation. He keeps saying, you're drunk. You're drunk. You're you're not like, you know, you're not in the right mind right now. Uh, she got physical with you in the past. And she's like, no, that didn't show me proof 
And he's like, I'm just tired of your dishonesty. And then, um, oh my God, I, I'm just getting fired up talking about this. And then he says, um, uh, what's another? And then she gets upset because she says she's annoyed that he would think that she would do this, that she would invite someone to her party that she's been in a relationship with before. And then he asks her the question we saw last week and the next time on, are you a lesbian? And she gets so mad, Jason, that she says, I'm not attracted to anything, but bleeping bleep. Okay. Effing is the first bleep. Penis is the second one, but another <laughs> word uh, short yeah. for Richard yes. is the other one. And Ed's like making it about himself where you, you left me stranded. Why are you hanging out with people you shouldn't hang out with? And she's like, you don't let me hang out with anyone. He's like, yeah, because they're trashy. And then this happens, which I did pull the clip for this. I believe it's at the right time. So let's listen to this from this very real, very uncomfortable fight that we have to sit through. I've spent years in management. My job has always been to read. Ed, you've been single for 29 years and I'm still teaching you how to kiss. You don't know anything. You're just mean. You're just mean. You're mean. Apparently she's mean, Jason. She's so mean. Here's the thing, man. Like, I've never, I've never... For, well, okay. Number one, Ed is a slime ball. I, I think everyone that has watched the show knows that. So I'm not, I'm not blowing any minds there. I've never seen someone use so many relationship enders in a fight where he's just like, I can't do this anymore. We're done. We're over. Uh, pack your bags. Leave. He says things like that multiple times in the same fight. And I just can't understand how he gets away with that. And He's, he seems more sober than she is, so he should have more sense than to get into a fight with the, a drunk lady right now. And and, that's and, the thing, yeah. And he gets what he deserves because she reveals all. He says, you call me fat, you have a small penis, you are insecure, you try to control me. She just, she unloads it all on him. Yeah, and, and he's like, I didn't call you fat. I just said it makes no sense to go to the gym and then go to 7-Eleven and eat nachos. She's like, I Sir, never that's, had nachos. that's like the same thing, if not worse. Yeah. Well, then he's like, um, well, I'm overweight, too. So in, implying that, you know, I have no like to stand on because I'm also overweight. So, like, I'm not like shaming you. She's like, wait, are you am I overweight? Am I overweight? He's like, no, you're not overweight. <laughs> and then in confessional, he says, I don't call her fat. I drop positive hints. Sir, what was positive about the hints you dropped? They were the most unsubtle negative hints, if I've ever heard them. Yeah, I don't even need to hear them. I know Ed, so I I already know that they were not subtle. They were not positive. They were not good. No, they were not. And then she gets very upset. Um, She's like, why do you keep making me feel insecure? I'm so done with you speaking over me. And he just yells, stop it. You're drunk. And then he also suggests that they should take some time apart. She's like, no, we don't need time apart. And then he's like, well, I have questions I need answered. She's like, well, what's your question? And then he says, Were you in a relationship with that woman? She then replies, I have never been in a relationship with that woman. To which Ed replies, well, I'll find out. So just say you don't believe her because she has said no 17 different ways already. This whole thing is, I'm not, I'm not sure what really spurned this did was the engagement party not like wild enough and production like, look, Ed, we're going to need something from you. Like, we have paid for this venue. We've paid for this party as a production cost. Uh, We're going to, we are going to need some content. So you better come up with something fast. And it's like, Oh, I saw that lady grab her arm. Maybe I'll accuse her of being a lesbian. Like I, I just didn't know. 
this is the most nothing fight that has turned into this nonsense. See, I think that you are giving production too much credit. I don't think Ed needs much nudging to do this. I think Ed is insecure. I think Ed is in his own head. I think Ed is someone who self-destructs relationships left, right, and center. And he always finds something. And I think he's his mentality is he has to push you away before you push him away. So it's like if he thinks that things are going bad, he self-destructs by making it bad. Um, and I think we're just watching it play out. And he's not doing himself any favors. And then my favorite line of the episode actually does happen here right before the scene ends. So I'm going to play that now. And it's this. Want a chance in hell. I don't need a chance in hell. I'm already guaranteed one way toward hell, Ed. I'm over it. Wow. Liz, what have you what have you done to guarantee yourself a ticket to hell? I need to know more. Being with him. That's the uh, yeah, shame. Yes. <laughs> I, I love that line. I was like, you know, that is a masterpiece. That needs to be put in a museum. That is a very good comeback there. And then, you know, she storms out. She slams the door behind her. And then the next scene, okay, there's still more, unfortunately. Uh, so then she, you know, he's complaining to the cameras. Like, you know, everyone told me I'd, I'd be miserable. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I can't have any friends. My, I've lost my mom, my daughter to this. And then she walks out as he's, as he's saying that. Uh, and she's like, I'm jealous because he implies that she, he can't have any friends because she's jealous. And she then says, I'm, I'm jealous. He's like, yeah, all my friends are women. And you won't like me. Be, you don't like me being friends. Well, all my friends are men. So what about that? Um, and then, you know, the conversation about women, how, you know, most of her friends might be gay women. And there's been too many coincidences. Ed, what are you talking about? Just a strange back and forth that they carry on as little children. Like, you won't be with my friends. No, you won't let me be with my friends. At least Liz has the excuse. That she is drunk off her ass. I mean, obviously. But Ed seems like the more sober one. So what is what I think this is just Ed. Like this like is you just said, Ed being Ed. Yeah, like you said, Ed is just one to shoot himself in the foot at any possible moment before things are done to him. He's he's wanting to push her away, like you said. And this is just more proof of that. And he just for him to continue this is just not going to be helpful to Ed. Yeah, no, not even a little bit here. And then you know, the back and forth goes on a little bit more. Uh, you know, she talks about how she has a curfew. She can't even go out with her friends. And then she says, you know, you're not that attractive, by the way. And then he again says, that's just mean. You're being mean. <laughs> that was too, like, after like the, your penis is small. You are not attractive. You are mean. You are controlling. Liz, why are you here? Like, why are you with this man? Yeah, you're calling out all these things. Why are you still here? Leave them. You can do better. Just go. I mean, again, this guy's gaslighting you over nothing. He's gaslighting you over a coworker, which, by the way, you had escorted out the building. How is she getting this much shade for escorting someone out the building? Like, I don't they, understand. They obviously had a lover's quarrel, according to Ed. <laughs> which. My God, the dude saw nothing and made a whole mountain out of it. So then anyway, then he talks about the, where you know, where's the ring I got you? The $13,000 ring. She's like, I don't know, in a bush somewhere. He's like, I hope you didn't do that. He, she's like, yeah, I don't care. And he's like, well, you could have, you know, you could have, you're dumb. You could have pawned it and helped your grandparents out financially. She's like, I don't need your money. 
I don't know. That, <laughs> that logic is so crazy. Like, first of all, he keeps calling her dumb. Like, you're so dumb. Like, you could, you really could have just pawned that money and helped your grandparents. Like, what, what, what is, what's this logic coming from? Do you Ed? hear like, yourself? Like, do you yeah. hear that sentence you just put out there? He's trying to make himself the hero, right? Where he's like, I don't even want the ring for me, but you could have helped your parent, like grandparents. Isn't that kind of messed up that you would rather lose that than, than help them out? He's at the same time showing his whole ass oh, yeah. while trying to save face. It's a, a, a insane balancing act. Where he's at one point saying the worst thing you could say, and then the second point trying to act like he somehow cares about her. It's maddening. And I can't believe someone like this exists. You cannot jump rope through being the the savior and then being a dick. Like, that's just not a thing you can do. And every time you called her immature in the previous episode because she stormed out, you have reached her level. If you truly think she was being immature, you're right there with her, buddy. Like, you're not even like you're not the bigger person here because the bigger person, if they thought that someone was intoxicated, wouldn't fight with them at all like this. It's it's so. it's and I have to wonder how often this happens and this we're just not seeing it because they don't have cameras around all the well, time. They broke up said what they made up seven, eight times. So definitely it's happened quite a bunch. Yeah, I feel like this is just common. Like this is par for the course for them, uh, unfortunately. And this will probably be swept under the rug like next episode or the episode after. Like, I really don't want her to like go find the ring and come back like I found the ring. Can we get married now or some like nonsense like that i just i hope for her sake that she somehow gets out of this but i somehow doubt it i truly truly hope that they do not reconcile and i hope that they just leave big ed off the tv show the problem is whether big ed is with someone or single they now have franchises that can fulfill both so I don't think this is the last time we're going to see Big Ed. But tr- honestly, I'm getting to a point now, Jason, where if he's on another season with like six other couples, I may just pretend he's not there and not talk about him. That might yeah. be for my piece and for everyone else's piece. I might just leave it. Yeah, Ed is on my list in addition to someone else that we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. As if they're on another uh, season, I, I like you said, I will just skip their segments altogether because this is just a lot. I agree wholeheartedly. All right. The next time on with the two of them here, uh, she yells at him that you told me when you were drunk that you'd rather sleep with Alice than me. Billion red flags just rise up in one second. <laughs> and then he said, well, what did you tell me? She said, I just said you have a small penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, I wonder if this is like the morning after where she's a little more sober because she didn't seem as slurry. And I think it's the night after. Moment. Yeah, so like I, I just, I feel like Edge is going to keep digging that grave for himself. Yeah, I don't think that's going to get any better. So then let's just immediately walk away from this. Go over to Jovi and Yara who had Basically a nothing episode, but TLC has been trying their best to have all seven couples on the show every week, which I like because I like not having the uh, don't give us a gap if there's nothing to give. And Jovi and Yara, we can literally sum it up in a minute if we tried here uh, because he's getting ready to go to work. He still thinks that she's thinking irrationally with regards to if her visa comes in or a green card comes in. She wants to leave to go to Europe without him. He still wants her to wait. And then Yara ends up hanging out with uh jovi's mom 
and they're doing a little like they're at a I think it's like a ceramic cafe type crafting place where you can make your own like color painting your own signs and stuff. And there she tells Gwen, yeah, if my when my green card comes in, you know, it's a 10 year green card. As long as I reenter the States three times, I'm good. Three times a year, I'm good. So I would like to go to Europe and see be with my family. And Gwen says, well, now I'm getting upset about this because I think Gwen thinks basically that she got what she wanted. Now she can leave. Right. Which I don't think is the case at all. I don't think Gwen is thinking about this on a broader scale that uh, this woman has not seen her family in a couple of years. Her country is in war right now and she just wants to be surrounded by her people because she has, you know, a husband here who is not home like three weeks at a time. So that's not great. And, you know, if you were worried, if she was more so upset about, I don't want you to be going there because there's a war and I don't want you to be alone, I would get. But this part, I was like, Gwen, I'm out. I can't. Yeah, I mean, I I can understand why she is worried because Yara sounds like she's like, well, yeah, I can stay in, you know, Europe for all the time that Joby's gone, which is many weeks at a time. I only have to come back like three times a year so I can stay there for most of the year. And Gwen, I think, is worried about that. That I mean, Gwen, you we you spent a whole like six months like not seeing your granddaughter anyway. So what's the point? I get where Yara's coming from. She's like, I could be with my family and friends instead of saying trapped in an apartment where I know no one here in America. Yeah, like uh, I'm trapped in an apartment. I don't really see you. My husband, I have friends. My husband doesn't like them. And every time I hang out with them, he says they're being a negative influence to me. So really, I have no one that he approves of. He's not here. So why wouldn't I want to be with my family? Yeah, I can definitely see Yara's side. I can also see why Gwen is upset because she doesn't want, she wants the opportunity to see her granddaughter. She may not take it all the time. She wants the option. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But she may not take it all the time, but she understands. Like, and for the whole, like, you're going over there where there's a war. And I loved when she was like, well, what if a bomb misses and actually hits the Czech Republic? I was like, okay, you're getting a little, like, dramatic here with that. Yeah. It was like, just tell me you don't really know what's going on in Europe right now, please. Exactly. Yeah, that's, because, that's what their whole segments have been about with Jovi being worried, with Gwen being worried. Like, do y'all know what's actually going on over there? I don't think you do. You know Europe's not a country, right? Yeah. Do you know this? Are we sure you know this? So I think yeah. I think their fears are mostly unfounded. I think so too. I think ultimately, you know, I would be in a position where I could side with Jovi if Jovi didn't keep calling her irrational. If it was more of a, I'm a nervous person. I get, I get stressed. I, I want to make sure I'm there just for my peace of mind and put it on him. I would completely be like, you know, I get that because I'm a warrior. So I would be worrying too. But when he's calling her irrational for wanting to do this, I can't, I can't side with that. I'm sorry. I just cannot. Yeah, rational is a heavy word. Like, you should maybe word it differently. Like, I don't think she is thinking this through or something like that. Don't use the word irrational. I understand where Jovi wants to be with his family uh, just for protection, I guess. But, you know, at the same time, I think she can handle it herself. Right. So then that's pretty much all we get from them this episode. And then in the next episode, we actually do see confirmation that they end up going to visit Yara's mom and Jovi's there. So they end up, she, I think she ends up waiting for him. And then there's a a snippet of a conversation we see where her mom asks if she wants to stay in America. And then she implies that I don't, I don't know. I I kind of want to be here, but then with Jovi like that. And then we're, I'm sure we'll find out what nonsense Jovi puts out there when that conversation happens. I like Jovi's like, what are y'all saying? I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. 
The guys made no effort to learn anything. By yeah, the way. none. Yeah. Okay. So then let's go ahead and take one more break. When we get back, we'll talk about Jenny and Sumit. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus all right jason i know you were upset last week that asia got to do the kama sutra talk with jenny and sumit but luckily for you you get to talk about the aftermath of the meeting so take it away jason Listen, I was I was perfectly content to come in here and joke around. You were like, well, hey, I thought at least we, we didn't work going to get a sex tape because that's where it seemed to be going. This was almost worse. This was almost worse. Yes, the retelling. So, so yeah, we get we get a, a shot of them packing for the honeymoon. Uh, talk about how they're you know she's upset that they're going the real going back to the real world, back to their old house, and then we hear about their night last night where Sumit tried one of the Kama Sutra poses. And she ended up sitting on his stomach and he got a naval displacement, which I didn't even know was a thing. They apparently had to call a doctor. He apparently had a lot of diarrhea. Why did we need to know any or all of this? Yeah, you know, the whole thing with Kama Sutra, the whole reason behind the way it was going to spice up our sex life. That's we need to spice it up in the bedroom. That's what we're doing. What I didn't need was to find out that he has been, first of all, they don't say diarrhea. Here's the thing. Diarrhea as a concept, as a thing, no one likes it. No one enjoys having it. No one enjoys talking about it. But if I hear the word diarrhea, I'm like, okay, fair enough. You know, whatever. Cool. He said it's leaking. He said it was leaking he and said then both. said it was diarrhea. Yeah, yeah. He said both. And like, I don't know what I don't know what Jenny got out of that class, but I don't think they ever told you to sit on his stomach. I don't know what they were doing. He they imply that the doctors said no more cowgirl pose for that. So they're not gonna cowgirl anymore uh by the sounds of it. And then, you know, was that comfortable? Because Sumit essentially called her fat, and then when she said, Are you calling me fat? He said, I'm not calling you fat, I'm calling me a little skinny. He tries to put people down in the most polite way ever. It's so weird. It's the it's the whole what was it? What was it that we heard earlier? The positive uh wait, what did Big Ed say? Uh <laughs> the whole uh where's that quote? Oh my god. I need to bring this up. Oh, the positive hints. He drops positive hints. Oh yes, hints. positive hints, yeah. That's definitely submits language. That's definitely submits way of trying to uh to not compliment, but uh drop hints to his wife. Yeah, which here's the thing, right? We're talking about why did we have to hear all this? Low key, 
I would be completely fine hearing about leaking naval displacement as opposed to what we're about to talk about, which the honeymoon period's over, Jason. We're back into talking about Sumit's parents because he says that he wants to go and check in on his parents when they get back. And she said, well, how about they check on you? How about why don't they do that? And he essentially says the things we've already heard. He wants to make sure that they don't cut ties with him. He doesn't want them to give up on him. And he feels like if he doesn't start trying or keep trying, that they will start hating her, which Jenny accurately replies. They already hate me. Yeah. Like as soon as he said that, I said, start hating her. And then she said it. She's like, they already do. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Jenny at least is on the right track here. Like, so. You know my feelings about Jenny and Smith, uh, you know, throughout the years. They're documented. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we actually had like some really positive Jenny and Smith episodes more recently where they were doing stuff together. I actually yes. saw like chemistry there. I was like, oh my gosh, this is different. Like they, they seem to really be enjoying each other's company here. Because I feel like most of the time we see them, they're in like turmoil about his parents. But we got a vacation from that. And now we're right back into it. Again, this is what I said earlier about how Elizabeth and Andre were have been good this season. These two have been very good this season. They've been a unit. The honeymoon period ended up being really nice. She was hesitant about the whole Kama Sutra thing, but then she, you know, took it on the chin very much. like went in enthusiastic, tried out. They shared laughs. It was amazing. Once we talk about the parents again, that's where the entire thing crumbles because the more and more Sumit gets closer to, you know, seeing his parents getting back geographically to where his parents are, the more and more I feel like he's a different person because then the next scene they're talking about, cause they have to go back home now, right? Because he's trying to reconcile with his family. They talk about how they need to keep the house in a good state and they need to make improvements upon the house they're living in. And this is where the conversation comes up about the gender roles. And Sumit says that, you know, uh, typically, uh, an Indian housewife would clean very nicely. It would be very tidy. So the standards are a lot higher than maybe what American uh, cleaning is. And they say, oh, well, what are the men's roles? Oh, the man, the man goes out and brings back money and runs the house. And she rightfully, again, calls out, well, we don't have a traditional marriage. Which, a- A.K.A. I bring in the money for my Social Security. So what do you right. do? Yeah. So then, because again, remember, they, he toyed the, about the idea of working five times a week when they get back. So he's trying, I think he's trying to now shift gears into that more traditional gender roles or uh, household roles, however you want to uh, phrase it. So they're at the store, Jason. They're looking at items. They look at a little closet. Like, oh, this could be a good place for the spices because your mom didn't like that the spices were just all over the table and like wanted to put them on the windowsill. But I want the windowsill to have plants. They finally get to this vacuum. And she's like, a vacuum would be a good purchase. It would allow us to clean the house better. It would be a lot easier for me. I would like a vacuum. To which he responds, we don't need one. A vacuum is typically for a house with a carpet. We have a broom. A broom is cheaper. It's easier. And then in confessional, the shady guy says this. Sweeping and mopping is more physically active, actually. It's like, okay, once again, uh, you like you're calling her fat guy. Like, I don't know how else to look at this. This 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 man, this person, really has the has the nerve and audacity to constantly comment on her weight. I mean, submit you're. I mean, you called yourself skinny, but I'm not. You're sure not you're, jacked. Like, like I, I don't get it. I'm not sure you looked into a mirror, my 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 friend. Um, I just I don't understand where this is. Like, why not just let her have the freaking vacuum cleaner? 
maybe it'll improve things as jenny said i just don't understand where he's coming from with this like does he really think that her sweeping and mopping is going to really better affect her life more than likely she'll just end up not doing or like doing it the way she's been doing it which you think is cutting corners because it's still dirty right or whatever which here's more audacity from him jenny asks a very interesting question jenny says who cleans your mom's floors and he's like oh she has a maid okay i didn't i was like she wait 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 wait. (laughs) she has a maid and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is not like the correct, like, this is not the, it's kind of a typical thing in that area to have like uh, maids and butlers and things. Well, I mean, it depends on the like household. Like, I remember we used to have a, when I was young, for like, I think two years of my, my infanthood, uh, we had a uh, maid who stayed with us and was like, did the cleaning and stuff. And, you know, while, uh, you know, between like my ages four to six. So, yeah. And I've and I've known people who have had like stay at home help as well. Right. Now it sounds like they've gotten this made now, or like they have the made now. Uh, maybe it could be like they got older and they hired help to help cleaning and stuff. But the audacity! Yeah, I need to talk to I need to talk to Mama Submit because I mean you came into Jenny's house like shaming her, like yes. literally shaming her, and you've had help at home. Like that is just the, the height of nonsense and audacity. And and here's the other thing, right? Um, they love each other. They're in a relationship. The age difference doesn't make a difference for them. They're together. When you know that Jenny is about the same age as your mother and your mother has a maid and you are saying that you want her to clean the house in a specific manner. And one of the drawbacks he talks about with the vacuum is, well, you know, if we get a vacuum and it's still not clean enough, then it's it's messed up because we have a vacuum. What's our excuse now? Just I get the think, vacuum. You're not going to yeah. do the cleaning. You do the cleaning then. I think the optics of it is one of the worst things because yes, Sumit does not have a job right now. And he is still turning around looking at Jenny like, well, you're supposed to do all the cooking and cleaning. So what are what have you been doing? Like, Sumit, what 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 are your days filled with? Like, you're not working. What are you doing? What are you time we've seen you clean is it an emergency situation where your mom was coming over. Other than that, we haven't heard hide, you know, tails nor heads of you cleaning anything. I would just like to know what are you doing? What what's your what's the makeup of your day? I and I, you know, I'm I'm catching myself feeling like I've been very negative this podcast. Trust me. Well, it's because I'm here. Well, do you think so? You think that's why? I think the season has, has turned me negative. Oh, yeah. Too. I mean, this is this has been quite the negative season. Like, usually we'll have some, like, nice light uh, fair to talk about. But this this episode, these two episodes back to back have been really problematic, like extreme. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's because, you know, when I remember when I started the season, I said that, you know, part of the reason why 90 Day Fiance proper is not my favorite is because. I can see all these red flags and they're still not together, but I can see them going towards being together regardless of the red flags. And it's, it's uncomfy. Whereas with this, they've been married, they're together. So the problems are not like that big because they're together and it's more goofy. It can be more silly. This season has really given me whiplash with how much we've had like good and then just horrible. I think part of it is also we're used to happily ever after being more of like a it's a little more boring than the usual like oh, the yeah. 90 day fiance regular dull. 
the before the 90 day, those all have like nice moments like of drama, of levity. And happy ever after is usually like them stretching out storyline to try and get some kind of content because you saw these couples on other shows and you still like them. So we want to give you content, but they really are doing nothing with their lives and we have to really give you something. But this is this is what happens when you add Angela and Ed in the same season. It is just awful. <laughs> like their storylines are just terrible. Yeah, and, and and you know, it's another situation where there's some truly terrible people on the cast, and there's some people I've just not really liked before mm-hmm. that are also upping the ante. The last line I wrote down from Sumit today, first of all, Jenny says, you're out of your mind. She's absolutely incensed that this is the mentality he has with all this. And then this is where he talks about how the cleaning skills, the housekeeping skills are different regionally. And he's like, yeah, Jenny needs to upgrade her housekeeping skills and then forget the housekeeping skills she had from America. At this point, I was like, you are trash. I'm sorry. I I don't see it. This is your wife, right? Mm -hmm. And you are essentially sacrifice. You want both worlds. You've wanted your wife and your family to be approving. I Jenny can be the cleanest person on the planet. Jenny can single-handedly make a house look like it's never been lived in before. And your parents will still not give you approval. That is not going to happen. So all you're doing is you're making her miserable and you're disappointing your parents. So pick a lane. Yeah. I mean, it's been a constant theme with Sumit about lying to himself. Yes. uh, Wanting Jenny to be more of an American, more of a, you know, Indian housewife, but it's not happening because mm-hmm. Jenny is Jenny is a out and outright American. Okay, she's from America. She is <laughs> none. She's nonetheless a. How old is she? Sixty three, sixty something. She's sixty something. Sixty three, I think, because they're I like think thirty years, years apart. Their age difference, yeah. correct? Yeah, but yeah. She is a retiree, bro. She is not looking to do anything but sit on her ass and watch TV all day. And that's her God-given right for working for so long. Well, that's what she said was, I want us to just live our life together. I, I, I want to live comfortably. And Sumit wants to go out there, work hard, and then, you know, have Jenny do all this other stuff. And he won't be happy just going out and working because he expects all this other stuff to happen, which she doesn't want to do. So, yeah. And I'm not letting Jenny off the hook. Like Jenny should not be expecting this 33 year old man to just be okay with sitting around the house, watching TV, having, you know, just regular, he now wants some like spicy sex. So, I mean, he's obviously getting a little bored with the 63 year old sex, which I mean, props to Jenny for still being 63 and still, you know, getting her freak on so but getting like, the naval displacement happening yeah, naval displacement, yeah. Shaky. they talked about the headboard a couple weeks ago they're still doing their thing which you know i hear what you're saying but then also i kind of want to let jenny off the hook a little bit because i truly think sumit sold the bill of goods sumit was implying that this is the life i, I just want to be happy with you and she was like okay well then we're gonna be happy just doing our own thing and you know not doing anything else and then I still, because tell me, do you not feel like Sumita switched up suddenly and suddenly now that they're married, now he's realized I'm an adventurous man who wants to go ziplining and bungee jumping and oh, hell yeah. having spicy sex. Yeah, this is a new submit. I, just, I don't understand where this came from because he seemed really content with like the life he was having with Jenny. I mean, except for the whole, you know, parents thing. But like. Yeah, I mean, I've made, you know, me and me and my feelings on Submit are that he started as a scam artist. 
he is staying a scam artist. I don't think that he loves Jenny. I don't think he ever well, did. I've always thought that this was a tactic to get at his parents because, you know, they have controlled his life. I've always thought that. I still kind of think that. And I also well, think at this point, it's about staying on TV for the TV paycheck. I think that's la- that's all that's left because he also clearly doesn't want to move to the state. So we can't even say he's trying right. to get a green exactly. card. He doesn't want that. But yeah. then he wants to get back at his parents, but then he wants his parents' approval. I think the only thing that makes sense to me is he is enjoying the spotlight, the yes. TV spotlight. That's all that's left. I will that's never forget. <laughs> I will never forget. I think it was either last season or a couple seasons ago where they were featured. And Samit had this moment where he's going to go visit his parents. And they shoot him like he's walking down the, the roadway as if he's like in a music video. I, I just think Samit loves that type of stuff. He loves the spotlight being on him. And I think that's part that's a big part of the reason why he is still here. And I think it's also a big part of the switch up for Samit because, you know, I, I'm always big about the production. Like, production's got to come to Samit's like, Samit, okay, listen, we've had a lot. You've, we've been with you guys for a while. And it's all the same stuff. So we're going to need some more things from you. What can you give us? And I feel like sex is a big part of it now. Being adventurous is also part of it. Now, that's part of why he got married, because they were like, look, you either get married or you're off the show. Yeah. Give us something yes. for the love of God. Besides your parents, which are are entertaining, but we're going to need more than that. I here's the only thing I'm excited about remaining in this season and I'm hoping we get it in this season. I'll tell you what that is right now. I want Jenny's daughter to visit and I want Jenny's daughter to ream him out a little bit. That's what I would like. That's the only hope I have for for my happy ending for the Jenny and Sumit storyline for this season. I mean, that would definitely be a change up. That would be something new for them for uh, Jenny's side of the world to collide with Sumit and his side of the world I would definitely be down for that big same now we see the next time on he's going to go meet his family and his hope is that at least he wants things to go to the way they were before they got married which already were not great so I'm I'm wondering who he's actually meeting because I'm not sure it's his parents it might be his brother yeah I think it's probably his brother and maybe his wife yeah, because uh, they didn't show us who he was meeting. I think yes. if he was meeting his parents, they would have showed them. I feel like at this point, they want nothing to do with being on TV represented by their son, right? Because he's brought so mm-hmm. much shame to them. Yep. 100%. Well, this next couple, one of them ordered three vodkas and a Heineken. And honestly, I should have had that before we kicked this podcast off. But alas, we're at the last couple of the evening. Let's talk about Michael and Angela. These last two episodes, Angela has gone to Nigeria to confront Michael on him being shady. She wants to find out and deduce whether or not he's scamming her. And she wants to find out whether or not she should pull their file for the visa. Now, she got to his house in the middle of the night. She caused the ruckus. She tore the license plate off his car. She tore a bunch of stuff off his car. And now she's back at her hotel with her friend Renee. And they are talking a little bit. She has changed her flight. She is now leaving later today as opposed to whenever she her original flight was. And she's fully decided she wants to pull the application. However, however, Renee convinces her to talk to him because Renee says, would you be OK if you left here without talking to him, without getting closure? And she said, well, it's I think it's done. But OK, I'll have a conversation with him. 
I think, I I think Renee's got some. I think Renee's got some sightseeing planned as she wasn't ready to leave this soon. She's like, yeah, just, just stay for a little bit, you know, go meet up with him <laughs> while I go do some, some shopping in the local markets or something. Like I just don't think Renee was ready to leave yet. So she's trying to convince Angela to stay. Which I don't blame her. She was like, it's my first time visiting. And yeah. all she has seen is the back of Michael's car. And that's it. I, I did not travel across continents to just be here for this i need some me time please and thank you exactly uh i mean if you know how long is the flight there what she said like 24 hours or something like that something with yeah with layovers probably looking at about 24 hours to uh to do that having traveled from here to dubai with about 24 hours you know i would probably think that that much yeah it's 13 hours 50 minutes for a one-stop flight from new york for example i did not spend uh, almost a whole ass day on a plane with Angela to only come here for like, you know, less than 24 hours, to turn right back around. I got some stuff I need to do here. You stay here and work your crap out with Michael. Right. So now she gets convinced to to talk to him. They've they and also he had been messaging her and she was just not replying to him. But now finally they've agreed to go have a drink and, you know, have some conversation. To be more specific, she said that she wants him to talk and she wants to hear what he has to say. Okay, so that's the plan. And then she's still pissed because, again, she tells us some of the reasons why she's upset. I say this audience, uh, none of it is founded. I think she's just making up nonsense because she's upset that he blocked her the minute he put that Instagram up. Okay, so anyway, Michael pulls up to the bar. And like I said earlier, she right as Michael arrives, because she was already there and having some drinks before he got there. The minute he arrives. She calls a waitress over and orders three shots of vodka and a Heineken. Okay. <laughs> I, I think, you know, and if I'm Michael, I, I don't know why Michael is pulling up here without like a ride shield in hand after what well, happened that, last like, time. Like have someone there to like be the mediator, please. Yeah. And, you know, I found it interesting before she got to the bar, she was like, I'm going to let him talk. I'm going to let him say what he needs to say. I was like, okay, Angela. Yeah, I, I highly doubt that. And she really confirmed my suspicions once Michael got there. Michael said three words maybe before she started yelling at him and going in on him again and then just saying yeah I want your phone can I have your phone please can I have can I have your phone can I have your phone please he's like it's my privacy can I have your phone I said no Michael Listen, I am Michael, so proud of Michael finally finally developed many a seasons? backbone so many seasons and he's finally got a backbone and uh, you know i was like why isn't he showing her and then he said like i feel like if i give her the phone she's gonna smash it on the ground i said yep that's right that, that's exactly it like do he's not right. give her that phone like i'm with you michael all she needs to see is one instagram notification that says someone requested to follow him or followed him that phone is done yeah and we know he's trying to, you know, make some money off of becoming an influencer. And that phone is probably, you know, value. Uh, it's um, invaluable. He needs right. it. So that's never going to happen. And she says no one is protective of their phone unless they have something to hide. I respectfully disagree. I feel like for most people, if you want to go through my phone, if I have to show you my phone, I, I will because I have nothing there. But also it's my phone, dude, like, let right. me have my phone. What is your problem? Now, I did like one of the comedic parts of this episode was, you know, she convinces him to put the phone in her purse and then he holds on to the purse like he's got it all over his shoulder. Your life. Yeah, I'm just going to hold the phone in his purse. I'm going to hold the purse close to my purse. 
why so i didn't understand the logic between him put like why was he asked to put the phone in the purse i i think it was you know i'm not really sure like <laughs> i just don't get it i think she thought she could just you know they gone with it? it there she would just storm off he'd yeah she'd be like oh no you, you done pissed me off and then just get up and leave with the phone in the bag i think that's what was the plan there was it so that he couldn't like delete stuff off of it like if she she knew he had it in the purse i i don't know i this was just such a weird exchange very much so again i don't know what the plan here was because we got nothing out of this nothing came out the next time on does show them in the same clothes so i'm assuming they're going to continue this conversation but the next time on dare i say jason i'm excited because in the next time on michael's going to end up confronting her about doing tiktok duets with the mystery man from canada finally like when can we get some like some back and forth of like, hey, why you you are accusing me of this? Yet you are out here openly flirting with another man on social media. Like, I, I can see that. Like, and for her to just keep like saying he's a scammer with zero evidence, zero instance of any proof is outrageous. I mean, and I kind of like listen. I, I'm not going to say that Michael is a perfect angel because. Why is he still with this woman after all the years of abuse he's taken? He's obviously getting something out of it, you know, whether it be she's paying for stuff for him or whatever, because no person that is, you know, going to put up with this for for quote unquote love. Again, I think it's hypocrisy from Angela. She remember when she was getting the the surgery consultations with Dr. Obang and she was full on flirting with him. And then now she's got this guy she's talking to and she, I think, is just projecting onto Michael the thing she's doing. I don't think he's doing it. I think he's innocently, genuinely just trying to have a social media account like everyone in the year 2022. I know some people are off the grid. They don't want anything to do with social media. Most of us have some semblance of it, either a Twitter account, an Instagram, a TikTok, all of them, maybe who knows. He was not allowed to have that, and she was. And I think he's just fed up with the with this hypocrisy. He mentions also that, you know, up until this point, it's been whatever Angela wants. If she gets upset, I have to fix things. I have to do things her way, and I'm tired of it. We've been waiting, Michael. It's been years. Happy to see you finally join us. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy he's standing up for, for himself. And, you know, at first when it was all about, like, he said he won't take down his Instagram until he gets $5,000. I was like, oh, yeah, that is kind of kind of crappy if he are he if he had agreed. But then we find out that, no, this is how Michael makes some money because he's apparently not getting enough from Angela to, to live or whatever. So that is pretty much saying, like, I can't live if I don't do this Instagram. So you guys give me some money to, like fill up my payment of what I would have got for the Instagram. So I can understand even that. Uh, but Mike, you know, I'm just, I'm ready for, I, I'm ready for Angela to be gone off of this show. Um, I wouldn't mind having Michael on the single life. I just need Angela gone. Yes. I would love, again, I said this, I think a couple of weeks ago, I would love to see Michael on the single life. I think his friends roasting him was the best part of this relationship on this show this season. So I would love to just follow Michael. I think he would be fun to follow and see how he does, see how he is in a relationship that isn't completely toxic and, and problematic. Um, again, TLC should not be giving 
uh, Angela platform. Uh, one of the listeners did post a link in the thread about how there is a contact uh, information thing to send stuff like this if you don't want them on the show. Um, oh. To say that I'm skeptical is, you know, saying it lightly, but I need to remain optimistic because, again, I genuinely think at the very least, if Angela's on again, I may just pretend she's not there. Yeah, I think that's probably the best, uh, you know, the best way to go about it. You'll still have to put up with her on tell-alls and whatnot, but on everything, know, she's yeah. gonna she's gonna take over the tell-all, you know, and yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's probably our best course of action because she and Ed are both just too too much at this point for me to really enjoy their segments. No, I can't. I there used to be it used to be memes, right? Big Ed, we used to make fun of because he was being a dummy. When Big Angela, Ed started, he you felt like you felt sorry for him at first. I yes. mean, by the by the end of that first season, you realized he was a little bit of a creep. Um, but like at first it was like, oh, this cute little guy, you know, just wants to find love. He's going over to a foreign land. Oh, look at that. He's you know uncomfortable with the uh outside bath or whatever it was. And then you realize the end of the season, like, oh, yeah, this guy's not great. Yeah, and, and then it like, gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And then he, like, he had a vasectomy that he didn't disclose to the girl he was mm-hmm. with, Rose. Yeah. So that was a thing. And then the first season we saw him on The Single Life, he was, you know, essentially creeped his way into a relationship with uh, Liz. Then that didn't pan out. Then the next season, he got set up by one of his friends with someone in. Was it Brazil? I don't even. I I didn't even watch that that season. Of yeah, you're you're better sure. than me. I watched and covered it on this show. Um, but yeah, he traveled to to be with this woman, and then that didn't work out. And then by the end of the season, they like bump like just out of nowhere, they dropped the bomb of oh yeah, and and him and Liz are together again. Like okay, so it kind of gave me the um. You can fast forward thirty seconds if you don't want to get spoiled on how I met your mother. Three, two, one. It gave me. The whole story was I want Aunt Robin with that season. They made me watch episodes and episodes of him trying to woo this woman only for him to end up with Liz with no warning. Yeah, it was like a, a, you know, stopgap season. Like, I'm going to try and do this, but I I need content for the show. Right. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. It's still a lot. Um, I think I'm malfunctioning, but <laughs> what we did it another week done and dusted. Jason, thank you so much for, for going through all of this with me. I really do appreciate you. Remind the people, let them know where can they find you? What are the projects you have going on right now? Go uh, ahead. Yeah, it was my pleasure to come on. I, I love coming on here with you every every uh, every season that you have me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at J.A.Y.R. one zero eight five. Uh, you can find me in a number of places this week. Uh, I'm wrapping up coverage of both Cobra Kai and She-Hulk on uh, post-show recaps. Uh, I do Cobra Kai with uh, Marissa Garza, and I do She-Hulk with the wonderful Sasha Joseph. Check me out there on those wrap-up podcasts. Also on uh, the Rahab, ew, the Rob has a podcast for Habibs Network. I cover a perfect match, which is the Married at First Sight podcast with uh, Asia Welch. She was on this very show last week. Uh, we also had Puya on uh, a little bit ago. We had a lot of fun there. Yes. Um, also, uh, just this uh, you know past episode of House of the Dragon, the penultimate episode of the season, I uh, talked it over with Mike Bloom and Grace Leader uh, this week, so you can find me there as well. What episode do you get to talk about House of the Dragon? 
Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Uh, didn't have the characters on it that I really enjoy, so it was a it was a mixed bag. Fair enough. Um, y'all can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, Twitch.tv/Puya. When I'm not watching 90 Day and being sad about it, I stream. So definitely come through. Say hi. I would appreciate that. My other podcast that I uh, co-host at the moment, Mass Singer actually ended up not having an episode air in the U.S. because of baseball last week. So we believe, but it's still aired in Canada. So we believe they're going to air episode four this week. So you'll hear about us. Uh, I hear about that episode with us talking about it this upcoming week. We ended up taking a week hiatus without knowing that that was going to happen. So you've got that going on. Additionally, I did get to talk about the latest Survivor episode over on Survivor Global with the amazing Shannon Gus. So definitely check that out if you would like to hear my takes on this Survivor season so far. And uh, other than that, you know, I'm just trying to make things work around here. I still haven't watched any of 90 Day UK or 90 Day The Single Life, the latest season, which I'm very sad about. But life has gotten pretty busy for me, so I've not been able to. But genuinely, I do think I need to. I feel like I'm falling out of love with with 90 Day a little bit with this season. I might need to rekindle that with some 90 Day UK or The Single Life. So when I do that, I promise you these episodes will end with a quick recap of those. But for now, we have arrived at the destination here on the Hot Mess Express. If you would like to leave a rating and review for this podcast, please do so over on robazawebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. That's robazawebsite.com slash number nine, number zero day fiance. We are happy that you got through this whole thing with us. We hope you have a great week and I will catch you here once again next week. But until then, take care. Have a good one. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.